0: Welcome. This is Wacky Wednesday on the Arrowhead Attic Channel. I'm Adam Best, here with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and our wonderful producer, Richard, doing things behind the scenes. Very lucky to have him. We've got a packed show for you guys today. We'll talk FAU upside, Willie Gay downside, promising signs for veterans Donovan Smith and Richie James, plus much, much more. But before we get into all that fun stuff, Sterling has an exciting offer to share with you guys.
1: If you guys are looking to place some bets this NFL season, we have the perfect one-stop shop for all of your sports betting needs. Check out arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets for a variety of sportsbook promos you can use to maximize your winnings. Each time you sign up for one of our promotions, you are directly supporting the podcast. These promotions are constantly changing. So if you aren't sold on promotion now, Come back next week. We might have new offers for you. Head over to arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets by scanning the QR code on screen, clicking the link in the description, or by typing it in. That's arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets. Check the episode description for more information.
0: One final thing, and then we'll jump into our segment. Be sure to check out my 4,000 word, yes, 4,000 word long form piece, on the Chris Jones holdout over on arrowheadaddict.com. Love it or hate it, I think it's going to be a thought provoking read on team building, how the Chiefs, you know, approach things. Can we constructively criticize the best franchise in the league? Uh, Definitely check it out. With that said, Sterling, I know you love a little Casey stock market. Uh, Normally we do awards after every Chiefs game, but, man, they were bland, they were kind of bad. I don't think they deserve any hardware. So instead of doing that, we're gonna do an an extended version of one of our favorite segments, the KC stock market. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good.
1: It's a wazzy, it's a woozy, it's a fairy dust.
0: Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. (laughs) Had to get a a crisp intro for the new season. Let's dive right in. So to the Chiefs, third or fourth and one is basically Mars colonization. It's borderline impossible. So I'm going to say their short yardage woes will continue. Pump or dump?
1: I'm going to be on the pump side. I think it does continue. Listening today to Andy Heck, uh, he was speaking during his presser today and he basically was like, hey, yeah, that's on the interior offensive line. We got to do that. Asked, basically, are you going to do what the Eagles do? Um, and what I gathered from his quotes were basically, probably not. They probably won't be doing that. Um, I think they should. Imagine putting Danny Shelton pushing on Blake Bell back there. It'd be hard not to pick up one yard. I also don't think I want to freak out about this as much today as I did uh, Sunday. Here's the reason why. The Chiefs weren't going to give you anything. The Chiefs weren't sitting there trying to uh, bust open this playbook in a preseason game. That might have just been a little bit a case of, hey, we can't do this and try this in practice. You can only do this exact play in game. You're not going to get this um, physical in training camp. So that was surprising to me. Uh, I think it changes a little bit during the regular season, but until they do it,
0: I'm going to say pump. I'm with you too. I do not get why they won't do the the tush push or whatever you want to call it, the rugby scrum that has been so effective for Josh Allen and the Bills and Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I, I just don't get it. Blake Bell has that same kind of build where with, like you said, Danny Shelton, or some other big physical specimen pushing on him, I just think it's a borderline unstoppable play that the competition committee, for some reason, has allowed to keep going. Why not take advantage of that rule? The other thing they could do, and you and I have talked about quarterback sneaking Mahomes and why they won't do it. It just seems like that is completely out of the question. So the other option, and you've made this point before, just spread out and throw it. Do what you do best and do what you did to beat the Cleveland Browns in the 2019 playoffs when Chad Henney booted out and hit that quick little strike to Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think that would be another option.
1: Yeah, I would love it. I hate taking the ball out of 15's hands, the best player on the planet. Uh, I do not like that. I also think when you have Blake Bell in the game, everyone knows what's going on. While yes, the interior offensive line is outstanding. We all know this. When the defense knows what's coming, it's a lot easier to stop. Um, I also think it's absolutely silly that the Chiefs don't do any QB sneak for the Mahomes anymore. I get it. He had one freak injury. It was one freak injury. Happens all the time. Freak injuries happen in the NFL. Do you think that's going to happen again? I do not. I don't understand this complete. We're not going to even consider Mahomes doing a QB sneak because of what happened that one time with his kneecap. Tom Brady made a career out of QB sneaks. That dude was 45 years old and still doing QB sneaks. Let Mahomes do a QB sneak.
0: Yeah, I see it both ways. I mean, he is a half a billion dollar player. By the way, I don't know what's going on out here right now. Someone's doing yard work or something. Hopefully. hopefully, That's what that is. Hopefully (laughs) we'll get through this soon. I can't believe in this huge neighborhood that they do this all week long, that this is happening right now, right outside my window that's how life works. Some ways, uh, sometimes, yeah, they're just not going to do it. They're they that uh, that knee dislocation spooked them, probably permanently. But I'll, I'll tell you what: if if they actually did it, nobody would see it coming. There there might be a way to do a fake out with that. I don't I don't know how, but Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey you can get in their little. Uh, end of practice lab and figure something out, hopefully someday.
1: Uh, Number two, given the injuries and rough secondary play in the preseason opener, the Chiefs have a cornerback depth problem, a pumper dump.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I think they do for a number of reasons. First of all, Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. They were pretty good last year, especially Jalen Watson. But we know the uh, cornerback position, I like to call it a roller coaster. Lots of variance, even stars struggle at times. We saw AJ Terrell, who we thought was a budding superstar, have kind of a piss poor year last year. So it's no guarantee that they'll continue their fine play. Majerus Sneed basically has my knees and I've had multiple surgeries. Uh, Nick Jones broke a couple digits, right? And then McDuffie, Trent McDuffie, the guy that we thought this is going to be our best, our finest coverage corner this year. He had a secondary low 28.7 PFF grade. He got cooked a couple of times. He got cooked really bad by by Michael Thomas. So I don't want to overreact to the preseason, but I think um, you are. But, 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 you know, I've been on kind of this kick that the Chiefs aren't as aggressive as they need to be at times with their spending. And I'm kind of missing Traverius Ward last year. If you look at his contract, it is kind of a bargain. He played like a top ten corner last year. Would love to have him around. Uh, there are a couple guys that I like. I like Khalif Halicy. Uh I liked him in the pre-draft uh, process and and kind of uh, put my stamp on him. Great height, great arm length, ninetieth uh, percentile shuttle. So he's a ball hawk too. We saw that on Sunday. Maybe maybe he cracks the roster. Dude. I could not dump
1: quicker. I I think this Chiefs secondary is incredibly deep. I understand Nick Jones and he has the fractured fingers. He will be okay. Um, You saw the interception from your guy, Halisi. That was just a great read to come back on the ball to read the quarterback's eyes, come back, not only make the catch, but stay in bounds as well. Uh, Echo Boydo is a guy I said, going into that game to keep an eye out for And he was, He was really good. Echo uh, Echo Bordo from K-State. He is a wildcat. Um, While, yes, he is very, very slender. I mean, he is a slight build. He's got the length. And maybe being in a NFL team, NFL system, they can bulk him up just a little bit. You saw him on that one play uh, that the catch he gave up, he went back just a little bit. He was still able to bring him down, although it was a shoestring tackle. I have zero concerns with the depth in the secondary. I understand you know, you're counting on, in your eyes, a slump or at least a regression from Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams. I don't know if that's the case. I think Joshua Williams, you saw what he did against Michael Thomas in the red zone, right there in the end zone. Um, I almost like Jalen Watson, use him uh, 20 to 20, and then use Joshua Williams in the red zone. I think you can almost get away with a little bit of that. I am perfectly happy with the depth, including – you know, put Shamari Connor into the, uh, throw his hat into the ring. I'm a fan of him as well.
0: Sure. On those second year players, even Snead had a little bit of a dip that second year. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to worry about it, but I'll trust the process because Vich and Co. have been very good at finding these guys. Dave Merritt and Spags have coached them up. That unit, even though it's not very heralded, you know, they withstood a gauntlet of quarterbacks. Burrow. Lawrence, Jalen Hurts in last year's playoffs. So uh, I'm going to trust it, but I'm going to kind of be a little anxious doing so.
1: Uh, did you tell that weed eater guy to get off your lawn? What happened there?
0: Yeah, I did a little cl- grumpy Clint, Clint Eastwood. No, nah, he's, you know, he's a working, they're, they're working dudes. I, I didn't want to be mean or anything. They didn't know. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you shake your fist no you're i old didn't man. get old man off yelled. my lawn you ass i'm doing a podcast you're doing your actual job come on <laughs> yeah
0: yeah old man yelling at cloud no i didn't uh i'm old but i didn't go that far the next one could be a little controversial but willie gay could be the chief's worst linebacker this season pump or dump
1: i guess could be i'll say pump um I think Nick Bolton, you know who he is. Nick Bolton is an incredible tackler. He's the... Uh, green Dot, he will be out there. Nick Bolton is a very, very good linebacker. Um, Drew Tranquil, I have all the faith in the world. I love that signing. Even in this small sample size we got from him in the preseason, I was a fan of what he did. You saw why I was so enthused. Not only is he pass coverage linebacker, but Spags can draw him up uh, to get after the quarterback. He brought him down. Um, those two guys, I think, will be above League Junior. Then it comes down to Leo Chennault. Um, if they keep a fifth linebacker, whether it's Cole Christensen or whoever, is going to be Jack Conkren. Well, then maybe Willie Gay Jr. is above that. But if you're talking about the main four, it comes down to him and Leo. You know what? I'll dump. I, I, don't, I don't think Leo seeds the seeds the field enough. I think Willie Gay Jr. is going to be a third down specialist this year. So I, I will actually dump this one.
0: I'm going to pump. I hate to do it, but my issue with Willie Gay is on paper, he should be the best, most well-rounded linebacker in this group because he has the athleticism and traits to do everything, but sometimes he just looks lost out there. I thought he looked lost out that lost out there Sunday. There were a lot of times last season where I just don't think, uh, I don't know what it is. Instincts intelligence. uh, And I thought Leo Chanel might've been the best player in the entire defense against the saints. He really flashed. He looked like a freight train going downhill and he held up in coverage a little bit better than I thought drew tranquil. Definitely had his moments. He had the sack, looked pretty good in coverage. You saw the athleticism there. And then, you know, Bolton is Bolton. He is probably not the guy you want out there during dime every time, but one of the better linebackers in the league, the leader of this defense. So I just think Willie, uh, he's going to have to take a step forward, I think, if he wants to stay on this team. Because right now, with Drew Tranquil being pretty cheap, and being a vet that that seems to be very happy in Kansas City, Bolton being a mainstay, and Leo Chanel having two years left on his contract, I think they're probably going to let Willie walk unless he takes a big step forward.
1: I would say it also depends on what his market looks like, because you saw what Drew Tranquil got. Not as much as I don't think a lot of people around the NFL thought What I will say is I love this linebacker room. They all bring something different to the table. You have the, I would say that the most complete back would be Drew Tranquil, right? Because he's good in coverage. He's good getting after the quarterback. He's a good tackler. He's pretty
0: bad against the run though, if we're being completely honest. He's
1: a little smaller on the smaller side. I wouldn't say he was bad, but he's all, he's on the little lighter side. Nick Bolton excels against the run, one of the best linebackers in football against the run. Leo Chanel actually is one of the best against the run from week 15 on, including the playoffs. Leo was outstanding. Uh, but again, I think you might see some limitations in pass coverage from Leo just based on the size. And then you have Willie Gay Jr. Well, he excels in the athleticism and coverage. He was actually granted one spot below Drew Tranquil in pass coverage last year. So for all the mishaps he had, he's still damn talented. So if he ever puts it together watch out he could be top 5 top 10 easy in pass coverage linebacker but what i will say is together they're a great group by themselves maybe nothing special but together they make a great great group
0: yeah leo's a thumper and then willie he's a heat seeking missile i think if he can consistently get pointed in the right direction watch out that just doesn't always transpire
1: uh next one number 4 richie james and justin ross will surpass justin watson on the depth chart pump or dump
0: yeah, I had a kind of a funny tweet about how competitive this wide receiver room is getting. It's like everybody's coming for Justin Watson's roster spot. I know he's kind of teacher's pet because of his blocking, his knowledge of the playbook, uh, special teams. He's a good gunner, all those things, but he's an inefficient receiver. And on Sunday, I thought Richie James was probably the best player in offense for the Chiefs one of a couple guys that, that really, really popped. He had a jaw-dropping 7.33 yards per route run, which, I mean, top in the league was like four-point-something by Ty- Tyreek Hill last year. So that's a limited sample size, but it just shows you that guy can get on the field for six routes and really pop. He's got some juice. I thought Justin Ross resembled sort of a prototypical throwback possession receiver, kind of like a Mike Williams type, if you will. And yeah, I've just not been that impressed with Watson, especially down the stretch last year. I think he kind of disappeared, had some drops, was just really um, doing cardio out there, basically running empty routes.
1: Uh, At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you were, I think, or matters what Andy Reid and Brett Veach think. And they clearly think that Justin Watson is going to be on this team. He's running with the ones he's consistently been wanting with the run with the ones uh, you saw in the preseason game. He came out very, very early. Didn't play many snaps. You know why? Yeah. Why? He nothing to prove. They know what he is. They know what he brings to the table. Again, do I think he's as good offensively as Justin Ross or Richie James? No, I don't, but I do think that your wide receiver five, six, seven are more valuable on special teams than probably on the field. Um, I think that Richie James overtakes Justin Watson as far as offensive output, but I don't think Justin Ross does this year. Um, just based on snap count, snap share, we you want to break it down yards. Uh, I think Richie James is going to see the field a lot more. I think you might see him a lot, especially early on in three receiver sets. I think you're going to see Richie James a ton on third down. I think that's going to be his calling card, but you you mentioned that 43-yard catch you brought in from Glenn Gabbert. The reason why he didn't have a ton of that last year with the Giants because that's not the Giants' offense. That's Daniel Jones on the ball. They are a check-down offense. He has great separation in short-yard scenarios, but he also can go deep. He has phenomenal hands. You saw him bring in that touchdown pass. That was a bad thrown ball by Blaine Gabbard. He still brought that thing in and scored. I think Richie James is climbing. I think Justin Ross, as much as I love him, I think he is climbing. I don't see him being above Justin Watson unless they do the bold thing and cut Justin Watson, which by the way, I feel bad for Watson himself. He seems to be the most hated man in Kansas city for no apparent reason.
0: Yeah. He's a hard worker. I'm sure he's a good dude, but he's just not as talented as the rest of these guys. And my hope with Richie James in particular is that returning punts is more important than being a gunner. I don't know inside Dave Tobe's mind. Sometimes I I, it's puzzling the way he thinks he is normally a very good special teams coach, but sometimes he makes weird decisions. Uh, I don't know Ross. I don't think is as vital on special teams. So I'm trying to think. I guess I'm dumping because they 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 just clearly have a fascination with this player and the complexity of the Chiefs' route tree. You know all the option routes they do. They want guys who are in the right place at the right time. I agree with you on Richie James producing more because right now I kind of think he's a quasi fill-in for Kadarius Tony and kind of doing the McCall Hardman stuff, Mm -hmm. right? He's the guy that's going to do most of that. Probably Sky Moore will do some. And Justin Watson is kind of a poor man's MVS. So you don't need two guys out there stretching the field most of the time.
1: I've been saying that nonstop. I said when MVS' snap count went down last year, it's correlated with Justin Watson's going up and vice versa. I'm with you. But again, the Chiefs obviously have this value. It doesn't matter what we think. It matters what they do and what they tell us. And what they're telling us, at least with their actions so far, is Justin Watson is probably going to make at least a decent impact on this team. I love this comment from Maximilian Mueller. It says, James, for sure. Ross will be an impact next year, just flash here and there this year. I think I'm in the same boat. I also wonder if when an MVS contracts up, if they don't bring him back, that might open the door more for, for Justin Ross next year. This might be getting his, his feet wet this year. If you will, we know chiefs and rookie wide receivers, they don't get a ton of playing time. He's basically a rookie. I get it. He was here last year, right? I understand that, but he didn't play any games. He's basically a rookie. So I think he'll give him a smattering of touches this year. And it's next year where he really shows off. Sky Moore, I think the same way. Sky Moore didn't see a ton last year. This year, we see him take that next step. I'm kind of thinking that Justin Ross can take more of a step next year, not this one.
0: I agree with that. So Felix and Udike Uzoma has the most upside long-term out of all the edges on the roster. Pump or dump?
1: Oh, pump. Pump. Most upside, yes. Karloftis, I think, will be more consistent. Karloftis, I, I can't picture George Karloftis not having a season without going forward at least seven or eight sacks. Like, I think that's the absolute floor for Karloftis going forward. I think he's going to be a consistent guy, but I also can't see Karloftis ending up a year with 14 plus. I don't really think that's in his game. FAU is a little bit more interesting. I think his upside is higher. He, he has a bevy of pass moves. Uh, you saw the bend that he brings that Karloftis just doesn't quite have. Again, I'm not saying that who would I rather have. I don't know. I like Karloftis' floor. I like what he brings. I like the consistency he has. I know what he is already based on one year. I knew what he was going to be with him coming out of college, but I do find a little funny because he's still a really young cat, and it's not like he played football his whole life. He's coming from Greece, but it's just based on that body type. That body type to me doesn't scream yeah he's gonna get 14, 15 sacks in a season. FAU's a little bit different. I don't know your opinion here I think FAU has the upside but it comes with a lot more risk.
0: yeah, I'm definitely in the FAU camp so I am pumping here. I think he showed multiple tools already in his limited action and like you said the bend, the ability to kind of dip that good that that ankle mobility kind of got diagonal and can get under there. We haven't really seen that since, I don't know, Derek Thomas, it seems like. And I'm not saying he's Derek Thomas, but usually a spags edge is much more power oriented than kind of flexibility, speed, bend. He likes the motor guys. Uh, Definitely Karloftis is a motor guy. And I thought FAU flashed against the run too. It's not like he was just only bringing it in in pass rushing situations. I'm a big Charles Aminihew guy, but... I've also got to be honest. He, he didn't play very good. He got pancaked by offensive tackle Trevor Pinning out there and kind of had a little bit of a rocky start to his Chiefs tenure. Didn't have a lot of plays. I think he will probably be their second best defensive lineman this year. I, I'm definitely going to lose our bet now that he's got a six-game <laughs> suspension. I, I think and you're I, waiting you, for that.
1: I, well, I have it pulled up, yes. I even had the caveat. We even said – you know he's getting suspended, and you said, yes, I understand this. That's a binding document. We have a fifth. Who has more sacks <sighs> this year, Carl Lopez or Menahu. Uh, I am feeling pretty darn good over here.
0: I was blindsided by how long the suspension was. I'm not going to argue with it because I, I'm glad that the NFL at least appears to be taking domestic violence and those kind of disputes seriously. They, they kind of did it for a long time. I think the problem that fans have with them is consistency. Like You have to be consistent from player to player. But yeah, that's definitely going to, to impact his, his production. Uh, yeah, FAU, I was very impressed by his initial uh, debut, right? And it wasn't just me. PFF graded him as the, the best rookie pass rusher last week in preseason action. Uh, Nate Tice of The Athletic was also gushing about this kid. So I think we have to be very pleased with the, with the way he's uh, he's started in Kansas city.
1: Yeah. And I will also point out what makes me excited to an extent, he played in a very untraditional system at K state. K state is a very good football school, but their defense is a little different. It doesn't always translate well to the NFL. And the fact he put up numbers in what was essentially, what was it? A three, three, five. They run out there defensively. He's getting doubled a lot. Right, <laughs> they know what they, they're like let's focus in on Felix let's focus in on FAU and he was still putting up numbers that to me is impressive that to me shows you that he could do it in any system in any scheme he will find a way to get it done I like that in a guy
0: speaking of 335 I've heard in camp they're doing some of that they're bringing Chanel up as kind of like a stand-up Melvin uh, Melvin Ingram type pass rusher and I love that yeah. I always thought he had a little bit of edge in him.
1: Yeah. Uh, Harms and I last year, you know, Daniel Harms, uh, we have him on the show here sometimes. We always laughed because going into last year when Leo Chennault was drafted, we said, it's going to be fun seeing him get after the quarterback. They're going to do this. They never did. We were, we were like, okay, we're, we're a bunch of buffoons. We went galaxy brain, and now we're starting to see it a little bit this year. So maybe we're a year early. But I think getting Leo after the quarterback could be a very intriguing proposition
0: for Kansas City. Totally agree. Let's move on to quote the, full, the movie Full Metal Jacket. Donovan Smith is born again hard. Tales of his demise were greatly exaggerated. Are you pumping or dumping on just everyone kind of freaking out and calling this guy a terrible left tackle because of one injury riddled season?
1: Can I give a slight pump? Like, can we calm down a little bit? He played one offensive possession. Like there wasn't enough time for him to get all those flags he accrued last year, of course. I like Donovan Smith, and I said, yeah, you should expect some regression to the mean, which for him is actually getting better, because last year he was injured. The Buccaneers offensive line was a dumpster fire. There were a plethora of injuries. When your left guard is rotating in and out, you have no chance of having any sort of consistency. Well, now he's got Joe Tooney. Everyone plays better alongside Joe Tooney, so he will look better, but I don't think he's going to be what he once was a few years ago. The struggles with with uh, Donovan Smith are still going to be there. You know why he also looked good? The Chiefs did two swing passes and a couple of runs. They weren't throwing the ball deep. That's what gets Donovan Smith in trouble. That's what I'm looking forward to as the preseason progresses well into the regular season. How does he hold up when Mahomes is back there making something happen? Does he hold onto the Jersey? That's what I'm worried for. Again, I think he's going to be a pretty good left tackle this year, but that's going to be the hardest thing for me to uh, eventually find out when Mahomes scrambles. Does he hold? Do the penalties start to fly?
0: You want to see when those plays get extended if he can hang in there? Because that was
1: he'll be fine with this. We this was not the issue. I have I had no question he'd be fine in short passes and run blocking and all this stuff. I mean, I get he didn't grade out great in run blocking last year. I get all that stuff. But my, my 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 point is, I wasn't worried about these short passes. What makes me worried about him are the long drops, the extended plays when Mahomes scrambles and improvises. That's what makes me nervous with him. Although I will say he does have better feet than uh, OBJ. As I see Doug in Kansas saying down there, I would agree. He does have quicker feet than than OBJ.
0: He's more of a dancing bear and he doesn't have those cinder block feet. As we like to say, Uh, o line guru, Brandon Thorne of trench warfare. uh, Love his takes. He, he kind of raved about him. I thought he displayed a nasty streak, kind of pancake somebody. He really moves well in space. And I think expecting him to be the 2021 version where he kind of looked like maybe a top 10 tackle that year, part of that was uh, Tom Brady just unloading the ball crazy quick and him being on a great offensive line. But he's next to Joe Tooney, and we know everyone looks better next to Joe Tooney. My overall take here, I think Chiefs fans need to have this perspective. When Donovan Smith, a healthy Donovan Smith, presumably, is your fifth best offensive lineman, you are in great shape. 25 teams would crawl over glass to have a weak link on their offensive line that, that who is that good? So I think we're in phenomenal shape heading into the season. Wanye Morris, gonna be a swing tackle. I think he looked pretty good. I'm feeling great about the offensive line, perhaps as good as that felt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I loved Wanye Morris. We talked about a post game him, and I even said Darian Kennard. Kennard at guard looked really, really solid in my opinion. That entire right side looked, uh, Look really good, especially for backups. Again, I understand they're going up against second and third stringers, so it's not going up against uh, Nick Bosa. I understand this, but still, it was impressive to see in my eyes. I like this comment from Cole. Uh, If Diamond Smith can be even 80% of what Orlando Brown Jr. was, the signing was worth it. Now, Cole, I know a lot of people are going to get on you because they're going to say, oh, he's already going to be better and all this stuff, and Orlando Brown Jr. is a bum. Orlando Brown Jr. was not a bum. He was fine. And if you look at the contract uh, discrepancy between the two, yes, if he's 80%, if he's 90% of what Orlando Brown Jr. was last year, this offensive line is going to be outstanding, okay? There's not a weak link. As much as people ripped on Orlando Brown Jr. last year, he was not this absolute train wreck. He was not atrocious. He was fine. He was fine.
0: He wasn't Um, even the weak link. That was (laughs) Andrew Wiley definitely was the worst lineman on that unit. And, you know, he played – About as well as you can expect from Andrew Wiley. But uh, again, I'm feeling good. And who knew only like, I don't know, 75% of the draft industrial complex said that Darian Kennard was a guard and the Chiefs wanted to move him to tackle. I get it. He's got an enticing frame, but it seems like he's destined to play inside as a guard.
1: And I will also say, yes, Ronald, I agree. Donovan Smith, his scheme, what he does best, fits the Chiefs better than Orlando Brown Jr. Just based on Orlando Brown Jr. in a run-first system is a very, very good left tackle. and a pass-first system, a lot of deep drops, maybe not so much. Uh, let's get into the next one. Shane Michelle flashed, but Blaine Gabber's time around Tom Brady and Bruce Arians better prepares him for Chad Henney-esque emergency moments. Pump or dump?
0: I'm pumping. I like Vichel better long-term for this thing, this team because I think he's a homeless man's Mahomes. I've said before that I kind of wanted us to sign Gardner Minshew because he plays with his hair on fire a little bit like Mahomes does. And I think you can have great playbook continuity when your backup and your starter fit the same mold. And I don't really see that with Blaine Gabbert, but he was a better prospect coming into the league I think experience really, really matters when it's Super Bowl or bust. A lot of pressure when you're a Kansas City Chief. And Chad Henney handled that masterfully. Didn't, didn't panic, didn't get outside of himself, just came in, managed the game. Both times he was called upon to do that in the playoffs. I trust Blaine Gabbert to do that more. I do think, I don't want to over-exaggerate here and say that Tom Brady like really rubbed off on him. But uh, being around Tom Brady and a, and a really good quarterback guru like Bruce Arians, I think, prepared him for this time in Kansas City.
1: What I want and what I think is going to happen is probably two different things. What I want is Shane Bouchelle At some point, he's no longer a kid. He's no longer a prospect. Do what the Patriots did, try and grow these backup quarterbacks. And then you can sell them off for a king's ransom. I mean, that's what I would do personally. But what Andy Reid does, and I understand it to an extent, is he is such a good offensive mind. He is so good at scheming up players. He goes, give me the guy who won't make turnovers. Give me the guy who won't make as many mistakes. Blaine Gabbert won't make as many mistakes. While he did not look good, he threw some bad passes. They were not in harm's way. That was a difference. Shane Bouchelle, as many great plays as he made, the two that really stand out are the one that he threw to Rasheed Rice, where he threw it into about triple coverage. I'm glad Rasheed Rice made the catch and came down, but that was dangerous. And then he followed that up with a worse pass that ended up getting picked off. Andy Reid will not stand for that in a backup quarterback. What has he shown? He wants the veteran guy who takes care of the ball, who's a, basically a clock manager. That's what he wants. So even though I might want Shane Bouchelle, which is coming from a Mizzou guy, that's a Blaine Gabber football over my shoulder. Okay. I love Blaine Gabber. I want to see Shane Buschel, but we're not going to see it.
0: Yeah. I think he definitely has more upside. Uh, but I think what Andy Reid wants in a backup quarterback is what Kyle Shanahan wants in a starter. He wants a robot. He wants someone who's going to execute the exact thing he wants them to do at the exact moment Uh one of the best offensive minds in the sport. We've got Travis Kelsey and other weapons. A great offensive line. No reason to get outside of yourself when you're waiting for Patrick Mahomes. Part of this depends on. I mean, I don't even want to say what happens, but let's just say one of these guys needs to needs to uh, step in for some time. I don't. I don't want to say why because I'm superstitious uh, about 15, but uh, 10 games. Which one of them do you pick if you're Andy Reid? Bouchelle
1: one game Gabbard anything more than three or four I want Shane Bouchelle
0: we're in total alignment there at some point you have to shit or get off the pot with Shane Bouchel. you have to see what you have and you can't keep him forever I think eventually you, you kind of owe it to the kid to uh to get a shot right
1: I don't know if you owe anything I, I your goal is to win games. You don't owe anything in the NFL. You're not owed playing time. But I get what you're trying to say. Uh, what I will say is I'm comfortable either way with who it is, Bouchelle or Blaine Gabbard. They're just both very different styles of player. Um, Blaine Gabbert, I will say, still has some arm talent left. I mean, that was a beautiful 40. The only throw that was good was a 43-yarder to Richie James. I mean, that was a beautiful, beautifully thrown ball. The other seven were a little questionable, but that one was a beautifully thrown ball. So that at least tells me there's still arm strength there. There's still arm talent there. He also might just be a little rusty. He wasn't playing a ton last year. That's not his game. So, you know, he needs as much preseason action, in my opinion, as Bouchelle does.
0: Dude has a rocket launcher, though. Let's move on to the final one, and that's neither Clyde Edwards-Alaire nor Daneric Prince look dynamic or explosive. So the Chiefs need to add another running back. Pump or dump?
1: Dump. I mean, come on. If you guys are freaking out over one preseason game where Deneric Prince isn't even behind the starting offensive line, y'all need to calm down. It's okay. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So if you want to do it, that's fine. But I am not going to get stressed out about that. It means nothing to me. Um, We know who Clyde is. Clyde's a semi versatile back who can catch the ball and he'll run for about four yards a clip. He's not super explosive. We know this. Deneric Prince is more explosive, but he needs time. I'd like to see him behind behind the uh, first string offensive line. That would make me feel a little better, but anyone freaking out saying, Oh, they need another running back. Or these guys are bums or they're busts. Calm down. And first off, Deneric Prince was an undrafted guy. What did you think was going to go off for 1,200 yards this year? And by the way, Isaiah Pacheco is still on this team. When it comes playoff time, it's going to be Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. I don't give a hoot what happens week one in the preseason. I'm fine with this. The Chiefs do not need to add another running back. They're okay. Dump.
0: I'm dumping for now, but not as enthusiastically as you are. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I just – He's not a good player. You look at rushing yards over expected, all that kind of advanced stuff, and you can kind of be either small or slow as a running back in the NFL. You cannot be both. He is both. I wasn't impressed with Deneric Prince. Didn't look very good. Uh I think maybe Isaiah Pacheco spoiled us and we started thinking, "Yes." Uh, and we yes. started thinking, "Every oh, Pacheco, uh, there's a yeah. Cyrus
1: Gray. I don't understand. A Darwin, Darwin Thompson. Thompson. Right. I, I, right, I right,
0: right. So uh I, I think we expected I mean, it's kind of like with Mahomes, his contract pay cut. I think now fans kind of expect everyone to do that. And when these kind of anomalies happen, these unusual things, you just can't expect them to keep happening. You can't, I mean, uh, finding a player like Isaiah Pacheco is very rare. My issue here is McKinnon is one of the oldest running backs in the league, along with Latavius Murray and Cordero Patterson. You got to worry about that. He's had he's a guy that's not very big. He's had some injuries in the past. He doesn't. He's really shown no signs of slowing down. But I'm a little I'm a little worried about that. Pacheco has health concerns of his own. I wouldn't panic, but a lot of running backs get cut, and I wouldn't mind adding a vet who can pass protect, who can catch the ball as an insurance policy, so we don't get stuck with Clyde Edwards Alaire in the playoffs.
1: I was laughing. I, I'm being slightly facetious when I say this, but I thought Zeke would have actually made a great fit on this Chiefs team. One, he's incredible in short yarded situations. He was one of the most ineffective, inefficient running backs last year, except for short yarded situations. He was still very good at 12 touchdowns. Um, he's also one of the best pa- or, uh, pass protection backs in the NFL because he's just so big. Definitely. Like, Honestly, Zeke would have made a lot of sense here in Kansas City. I would not have paid even anything close to that amount of money uh, that he ended up getting. But still, it made me laugh a little bit thinking, you know what? Maybe the most inefficient running back actually would have made the most sense on this Chiefs team. Again, I'm completely fine. The Chiefs are good with who they have. They have those four dudes. Hell, Jerry on Ely was even kind of fun in a limited action just based on his speed. Chiefs are okay, man.
0: Yeah, I'm not recommending them to go out and get Leonard Fournette but I would watch the wire if these guys continue not to impress. Adding another body wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. I saw a comment I wanted to hit. Let's see if I can get back to it. Fantasy football Chiefs question from Alex Bro. I think that's how you pronounce your last name. Bro, bruff. Which Chiefs wide receiver do you think would be best for full PPR fantasy leagues and for a dynasty league? I think you have to go with Sky Moore if it is a full PPR dynasty because I think he's still young enough and he's going to be a target magnet. He's going to be a guy that soaks up targets. If it was standard or half PPR, you might look at Rasheed Rice because of age and, and upside. But I think it's Sky Moore. Sky Moore is the safest bet. Uh, I've been drafting him some. I've really been drafting a lot of NVS because I just think... Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the one guy in this offense who we know what he's going to do. We know he's going to do something like 800 yards, 45 to 50 catches, uh, maybe have some spike weeks. So there you have it.
1: Yeah. I think it's Sky Moore without a question. Um, I've already said, I think he's going to lead the chiefs wide receivers and receptions this year. I don't think he goes for a ton of yards. So If you're not playing PPR, if it's a non PPR league, I don't, there's even a good chiefs wide receiver to have. Um, because Mahomes spread the ball here. Around. I know we do. Mahomes spreads the ball around the around the so much that and by the way, yeah, our bet is he has to go over what is it, thousand yards? Right. That's a lot different. I like Sky Moore a lot. I don't think he's going over a K with how Mahomes spreads the ball around. I um, see, I think
0: people say that, but Juju Smith Schuster, he's not that good of an athlete anymore. I mean, he's a smart guy, he's a tough, rugged player but he almost got a thousand last year and he missed two games and people say Mahomes loves to spread it around. Well, he didn't when he had Tyreek, you know, and I'm not saying sky Moore is Tyreek, but he might be the best receiver, the most dependable receiver Mahomes has had since Tyreek. If he lives up to his, his draft capital, if he lives up to it, he was a tremendous Dude, prospect. Some people McClellan have him
1: too. Like, come on, we're not okay. doing this. If he oh, lives McC- up to the draft capital. No, come oh, on. Okay. okay that. McC- if Kadarius McC- McC- Tony. Tony stays healthy, he's going for 1200 This happens. Okay. That, that's a, that's a, a, a different. lot of what-ifs, my guy. I'm that's, telling you right okay. now, Sky Moore is going to probably have the most receptions from Kansas City, uh, from any wide receiver, obviously. We're not saying Travis Cousins is a tight end. But if any wide receiver, yeah, Sky Moore is the best chance. But I don't think you're going to look back at this year and seeing him over 1,000 yards. They spread the ball around too much. And by the way, Richie James, I think, is going to get a lot more uh, reps than maybe you or I or a lot of people listening are going to think. Not more than me because I'm, I'm all on Richie James. But I think Richie James is going to take a lot of snaps away from either MVS, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Kadarius Tony, you name it. I think that's a little underrated talking point here.
0: I got to get a rebuttal in there because McCall Hardman is a gadget player. He was a project. He, I mean, he just didn't have it in him to be a receiver. He's not someone who has a feel for the position. And I think Sky Moore, he's got a gorgeous package of of releases. He can beat, he can beat man. He can beat zone. He can beat press. He's very good in the short to uh, intermediate ranges. I think sometimes the moment was too big for him coming from a non-Power 5 school as an early Declare, and I think with a year under his belt to adjust to the speed of the game and to learn the playbook and get on the same page as everybody else, he has the most upside. Now that Kadarius Toney has proven himself to be completely unreliable.
1: I didn't know people were that much higher on Sky More than me. I thought I was one of the Sky Skymore supporters over here, but
0: apparently I'm, I am not. Hey, it, it's not just Chiefs Kingdom either. He is, he, I think during this offseason, he has gone in, in best ball drafts from like 180 up to like 93. He has a lot of steam around the league and in fantasy circles right now. I mean, I think the general consensus is This is the guy you want to bet on in this wide receiver room. Before we get out of here, I have a question for you. One of my favorite bands of all time is Smashing Pumpkins. I'm going to a concert tomorrow. I've never seen them before. Are are you into them? Do you have a favorite song?
1: As a drummer, I like Cherub Rock. That's fun to play. Uh, What's it? Bullet with...
0: Butterfly Wings. Butterfly
1: Wings, otherwise known as Rat in a Cage. Right. Uh, That song is great. Uh, Was it 1979
0: solid tonight? Um, Seminal song of the nineties, 1979, I think rock song.
1: They're, they're solid. Is it Billy Corgan? Is that his name? The yeah. dude that, that rocks with uh, a kilt.
0: Yeah. He's kind of, he, he's kind of a dick by the way. He, yeah. I've heard he, some, some not great things about him. Yeah. So I've kind of had to like uh, disassociate myself with, with his personality to still enjoy the band. But for me, it's 1979. And then there's a song called Drown from the soundtrack to the movie Singles, which is like a less famous version of Reality Bites. Back in the day, it is kind of a great uh, under the radar B-side type song. Everyone check it out. I'm psyched, man. I, uh, I've never seen him before. A lot of these 90s bands, we can't even see anymore, the, the, the big bands of the 90s. I saw Pearl Jam, but you can't see Nirvana. You can't see Soundgarden anymore. So I'm going to, you can't see Alice in Chains, right? So I'm going to really enjoy this um, big music fan. Maybe not as big as you. You're a a drummer and everything. I have that much musical talent, which is not. Good point
1: though. I mean, even still, I know Alice in Chains is still touring with Lane Staley, but even like like Stone Stone Timber Pilots though, I mean, they're still touring, but it's not the same. Scott Weiland passed away. Um, Yeah, a lot of those bands from the 90s, uh, Chili Peppers still, still kicking it. I mean, they were an eighties band started in 83. They're still kicking it.
0: Yeah. And those guys did quite a bit of drugs. So, <laughs> or, or I think we're quite, we're
1: quite a bit is a, uh, is a misnomer that, that seems uh...
0: <laughs> okay. They did. They did Keith Richards amount of drugs how, as, how high, that? as
1: high as you are on Skymore yards wines this year. That, that we'll go with that.
0: Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Big props to the chat. Very active. We appreciate you as always. Before you roll out, do us a favor by liking this video and consider subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. And if you're an audio listener on Apple Podcasts, what you can really do to help us reach more fans is give us a five-star review. That would be very clutch. Uh, We will be back here next week at 4.30 p.m. Actually, I won't be, I'm on vacation, but Sterling will be with someone else or doing a solo show. Yeah, I told you about this.
1: What the hell? You think I remember?
0: Yeah, gotta write this I'm stuff down. I'm gonna
1: forget until Tuesday. It's gonna hit Tuesday. I'm like, yo, best. You ready for tomorrow?
0: Yeah, but I will be I will be back. I will be doing some coverage for the preseason game, so you will still see me. But until next wacky Wednesday, go Chiefs.